Welcome back to the Well-Rounded Wealth Podcast. I hope everyone had a great new year, and we are excited to get going with the first episode of 2024. And this is going to be episode number 21. Jack, how are we doing? We're good. Happy New Year, man. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I'm really excited that we hit our 20 goal, hit pretty much a one-year goal. We haven't, it hasn't been a year since we aired. We'll probably do something when that comes, but we've kind of been working on this for pretty much a year now because yeah. we started last January, God, which is, feels, so it's kind of crazy. I feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just crazy how quickly it flew that it does not feel that long ago when you kind of came to me with the idea of wanting to do something new and all of a sudden it's January again. But then I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I was, I was still in college. That feels, it feels like I was in college forever ago, Yeah, but it was six months ago. I was still there, <laughs> still not graduated. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. It was definitely, I had a good year. I don't know about you, but I definitely went through a lot of changes and I'm enjoying where I am now. And I think the biggest lesson I learned is that locally that things might not always seem like they're going the best way, but if you just expand your time horizon long enough, it's things are going to work out. So. Yeah, I agree. I've never experienced so much change in a single year in my entire life from, like I said, a year ago, I was still in school and then we were starting this podcast and then I graduated school and then we went to Europe for a couple of weeks, you for about a month. Then I come <laughs> home, decide to move to Atlanta, realize I don't have any money. So I'm door dashing every day since I get back from Europe to start saving as much as I can before I move, move, don't get a job Well, didn't get a job and then had to scramble and eventually figured one thing out, started waiting tables, figured out another job. And I think craziness and change is still just getting started. I think 2024 is going to be pretty wild. I think a lot's going to happen. Because just looking back from how 2023 started and ended, it's not, I never would have guessed it'd be here. I'd be here and it's probably gonna be the exact same thing again. Yeah. I love it. I like change. It's fun. You're like, oh shit, that just happened. <laughs> now what do I do? I'm starting, <laughs> I'm starting to embrace change. I definitely, I think I've talked about this in past episodes. Like I'm definitely can be spontaneous, but I actually don't like change that much change freaks me out like i was all i was terrified to start middle school i was terrified to start high school i was terrified to start college and then when i i just didn't even want to think about the future graduating college i just kind of did things and things just happened which is <laughs> kind of the first time i did that but i always anticipated the change being worried about a new environment making new friends and all that stuff i've kind of in retrospect focused on that cared about that a little less but that's how I've always been chemically designed for change. I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean, just as humans, we have a proclivity to like comfort, comfortability and consistency in what we know. So when change comes along, it's just a shock to our system. Like most things are when it's mm -hmm. new. But in my experience, even though change is nerve wracking and can sometimes cause anxiety, for me, it's like an adrenaline rush. So I get a lot of excitement around stuff that changes or looking at something new. And that's not always the best thing because I definitely have shiny object syndrome. So I'm like, ooh, that looks cool. <laughs> or like, ooh, something else. So uh, I definitely think there's benefits that come with change. But we just need to expand our time horizon out in order to see those benefits occur. Yeah. And change is definitely just an objective thing. It Change can be bad depending on what the change is. Yeah. You know, if you decide to get into drugs, that's a change that's <laughs> probably not great. <laughs> or you, you decide to get arrested and go to jail. That's your new environment. That's probably a less preferable lifestyle than not being in jail. Yeah, it's meant to be. <laughs> that was a little inside joke from prior episodes <laughs> from 11 episode 11 yeah i think oh, i yeah. love that episode that's one of my favorites uh, but anyway speaking of change and and what we're really getting into today is we're looking at mindsets 
And a lot of people go about the new year, whether it's kind of like business or family, and they always want to start new goals. And we know this eight old adage where I'm going to change in 2024 or I'm going to change in 2025. And then you do it for three weeks and it's like, I life got busy. So, or three days. Yeah. Or three days. (laughs) Maybe, maybe some people have done that before. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But no, Um, it's hard to stick to certain things, especially when it's something that you haven't built a routine around. So we want to talk today about a mindset, which I think is a lot more controllable than having an action because it's just the way you look at something and you can write on the mirror or in a journal or on your fridge, something that will continually remind you to approach a certain aspect of your life with a different mindset, which can bring about change and you sticking to the goal of viewing the world with that certain mindset. So with that in mind, Jack, uh, we want to break this down into kind of mental, emotional, and physical, which is a lot of the stuff that we talk about. So what's some type of, we'll start physical, mindset that you have and whether you want to change or keep it consistent? or Yeah, so I really enjoy kind of the cliches of New Year's resolutions of people always saying, I feel like the most classic ones are, I'm going to eat better and I'm going to work out more. Basically, I want to be in better shape. That's probably the most, I would argue, is the most popular New Year's resolution Yeah, 100%. that I usually hear about. And I would say that I probably have a similar goal of just, especially the last couple of months, because again, a lot of change had happened and I had started traveling a lot. And then when I'd get home, I wouldn't want to wake up super early to go to the gym. So I started taking off days and then the holidays rolled around. So it became off weeks. And now it's, it's been probably all of December was pretty much an off month. (laughs) I've done some active things, but I fell off hard. Totally. Which I feel like is probably common for a lot of people, which is probably why the new year's resolution probably started. Cause everyone's eating eating all they want when you're home for the holidays and not really focusing on your regimen, your diet, because it's been a long year. You want to spend time with your family and just kick back. So I feel like that's probably how it became popular of the new year's resolution. Cause it's like, okay, that's over. Now I got to get back into it and we're going to do new year, new me and set these new goals. Mm. So that honestly is where I am. Cause I want to get back into my flow. So I guess my goal is to, recover from the holidays. I want to get back into jump roping again. I was doing just weights in the gym for a while, but I honestly, I, even though I want, I want to get bigger physically, like as a physical goal of mine, but I also miss the jump rope, even though it's great for keeping me in shape. It's fantastic for that, but it's also a huge calorie cutter. It's very much cardio that's involved in it. I use weight resistant ropes. They're weighted ropes. So there is some strength implied. I definitely, my shoulders get a little bigger and my arms get a little more tone when I'm consistently doing it. So yeah, that's probably my battle is I'm trying to decide what do I want more to do the jump rope or do I want to get bigger physically? Like, muscular wise and go back to the weights that's kind of a little debate i've been having physically definitely do both yeah which i think maybe that's something i can work in maybe every time before i do a weightlifting workout i warm up on the rope and maybe i finish on the rope so do i guess yeah sure i'll just actually talk about what i'm gonna do because then i'll actually do it too because now i'll have a it's not just i want to do this i'll have a plan yeah plans are badass <laughs> need those <laughs> need those action steps yeah so maybe before i work out i could do five minutes straight on the rope and then at the end of my workout i could do five minutes straight on the rope again yeah i might need to i haven't jump roped in a second because not only did i not really work out much in december i haven't jump roped since like august september because i switched to weights yeah. so i might need to work my way up to five minutes straight's a long time yeah i've done it before i could do that but I'm interested to see if I'll need to work my way back up there. Yeah, for sure. So along those lines too, I think one thing that 
people get in themselves in trouble with is like I have to go to the gym in order to work out. And especially speaking of mindset, if your if your physical goal is attached to a place, it makes it a lot harder to stick to that, especially if you have a busy schedule and you're traveling. So mm-hmm. looking at uh, gym and personal trainers, that is one of the top, I don't want to call it an excuse, but I guess it is kind of an excuse or, or something that's not prioritized yeah. is that they just don't have time to make it to the gym. So I think mm-hmm. it's great to have the mindset of, okay, I want to do something active today. Like start that as the baseline. And then if that active, if you have that time to go to the gym, great. If you only have time to jump rope, you can jump rope anywhere. Great. You can do push-ups anywhere. Great. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. I should pro- I should build in a routine of when I don't have access to the gym either. Mm-hmm. That probably, that would be smart. Yeah, I'll do, um, I can set up maybe, maybe once a week. I want, I want a jump rope day to be like my once a week thing that I do. That's not my usual routine. See, it's hard. It's hard to plan this stuff. But if I'm on the road, I I could plan an on the road routine. That's more calisthenic based. Yeah. And if I don't have access to weights or to a solid gym with the machines I want to use, I could plan a calisthenic or I could do maybe like a Tabata type of thing, maybe like an interval training sort of thing. Yeah. I really like those. I think you can 100% do all of that. It's just when you have the time when you're not traveling, like what do you want to prioritize? And yeah. for you, it sounds like it's getting a little bigger. So when you're at a certain place, like you're living in Atlanta, when you're in Atlanta, you prioritize the gym so you can get bigger. But if you have to and you're on the road, then you can switch to the jump roping stuff. But it's right. still predicated on the fact that all right, today I'm just going to do something active. I'm going to move my body in some way. Yeah. For, say, I would always set a time limit, like for an hour or 30 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, totally. I like that. Well, so what about you? Because my guess with you is that you were, you did manage to stay on your schedule in December. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've done everything physically. Like I can right now imagine (laughs) so well i think i kind of want to do a little bit more of the calisthenics stuff but my mindset is i want to be more functional in the way i work out and move because i've done the weightlifting getting super big and aesthetic and it looks great it looks cool but you're a lot less mobile and i don't think that's Mm -hmm. as good for longevity and then i've also done the endurance which again is great but i'm a lot less agile even though my heart conditioning is is amazing so i want to find that blend between both of them so that's what i kind of spent yesterday doing is designing a a mixed workout where i'm only lifting heavy weights three days a week and then i'm doing some like calisthenic stuff the other three days and then i'm also running or doing yoga um, in the mornings so i think it's, it's more of my mindset is continue to move my body, continue to do something every day, but do it with the intention of some sort of longevity focused uh, component. So, and and for me, there's a really good book by Peter Atia, and he has a good podcast too. Uh, the book is called Outlive and his podcast is called The Drive. And he focuses, mm-hmm. he's a, I think what he titles himself is like a longevity doctor. And he looks mm-hmm. at it in terms of like health span and lifespan, which health span wise, he'll define it as what do you want to do in the last decade of your life? Like what functionality what functionality do you want to be able to have? Like do you want to be able to walk and go get your groceries or walk and go uh, play with your grandkids? I think that's like having that long-term mindset for me is is great because it allows me to say like, okay, I, I've done – this in this certain phase of my life, but I don't know if I want to keep going down that route because of that reason, because I think like the lifting super heavy stuff, it's great locally right now, but that is not going to help my back and knees and stuff like that when I'm 90. Gotcha. So yeah, you're thinking long-term and your health mm-hmm. of 
what should I start doing where when I am older and at a state where most people do start to have physical health issues, what would help me have those the least or yeah, what would help me have the least physical issues when I'm at an older age Mm -hmm. where problems might start to come up? Yeah. And and physically, I mean, it's very time focused too. Like you can't, it is, you're going to make it way harder on yourself if you're, say you're a runner from ages 15 to 25 or to 30, and then you start trying to lift heavy, your ability to develop muscle and, um, and, uh, more dense bone tissue is at its highest peak from ages like 15 to 25 past that Mm -hmm. it decreases dramatically. So I think there is a timing component where like, okay, I know I'm younger right now. This is where I'm best positioned to develop muscular strength. So let's focus on that. And then I can continue building a base of cardio while I'm working on flexibility. Gotcha. That makes so much sense Mm -hmm. because that honestly makes me want to go all in on the getting bigger and building my muscles more because I am still at that prime time where I can do that. And that's slowly dwindling. Yeah. And I mean, so it's all, yeah. Nowadays it can definitely be supplemented with TRT and certain um, steroids and whatever when you get older. But if you want to do it naturally, that's like, you definitely have this curve of, okay, focus on muscle now and then a little more flexibility later and then, or I would say like heart health later and then flexibility when you're old and then just agility. So like one of the the biggest causes of death is after someone breaks their hip, like an old person, they have mm-hmm. their likelihood of death increases by 60%. Which is wow. wow. Yeah. So why, what does breaking your hip open the doors to? that could lead to death. It just that demobilizes you. So like you can't, you can no longer walk. So you lose a lot of functionality. You are, you're kind of basically bed or couch ridden. So that definitely has a negative mental impact on you. Um, and it, your body is just requiring so much more of its energy to focus on healing that, that it can mm-hmm. just open you to some cold virus or something like that. So that makes sense. Yeah, I follow that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, so I think that's the physical is the mindset is make you try move and look at moving in the way that is going to benefit me for long-term health. But yeah, those are great long-term reasons to be active too cuz I tend to forget about those things that could potentially come up in my future of oh the a, a good healthy mentality, I think, would be to kind of have your mentality of why I want to be active and to work out. It's so I can be healthy. And when issues come up in the future, I will have done the work that keep and I have kept up with being active and eating right to where the pain in the ass health deficiencies that come up and the physical barriers that will come. For example, not being able to walk at the age of 50 or 60 yeah. if I'm not taking care of myself. there's That's honestly the most compelling reason I can think of to be working out and to stay active. Yeah. it's I mean, it's huge. Like we, like I know people who are in my life or in, fam- in my family who it, you always hear this like, oh, when I was your age kind of thing, like I used to be able to, or, yeah. or you get this kind of confirmation bias like oh i i could do that when i was 20 so i can definitely do it when i'm 40 and <laughs> i have a great story i remember when we were at the beach with my dad and i'm probably 15 or something like that and he's 40 at the time whatever 45 and he wants to we're getting ready for a race and he's like oh, i'm gonna spoke you because my dad was actually fast in high school and, mm-hmm. and we go and he pulls his hamstring uh-huh. <laughs> and you just see those like little things where you just stop using that type of functionality and it, it you just lose it. It's not something yeah. that you can just pick right back up and keep going. So yeah, totally. It's kind of some of those things you also can't fully fight either. We definitely, I think do have to accept that we're going to not always be in the prime of our lives 
yeah. phys- in our like physicality wise, but we could definitely do a lot to stay very healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, but that comes along with just natural aging too. You're never, no matter what you do, you're never going to feel as good or be in as good shape as you were when you were 20 versus when you're 80, no matter what you do. Yeah. This is someone who's really interesting. And we can wrap up after this, this section is Brian Johnson. He, he was an entrepreneur, sold his company for like $800 million or something like that. And after that, he, took all that money and just is focusing it on longevity and trying to reverse the aging process. And he's mm-hmm. been able to reverse his heart's health and age to that of like a teenager. And he's in his what? Yeah, 30s, 40s. And I think he I think he goes too far because I don't think he's living. Like he's doing everything in the goal of making himself as young and healthy as possible. But to the the I guess detriment of not being able to go out and eat like a piece of steak or something like that. So I think he takes like 120 some pills a day. Wow. Yeah, which is way too far for me. Like I would never do that. <laughs> that sounds a little a little excessive and honestly not worth it. Yeah. It's kind of you've we've been told the parable many times growing up in stories and movies we've been exposed to of the detriments of trying to chase your youth and to hold on to your youth. Yeah. <laughs> the first one that comes to mind is Tangled. Have you seen that movie? Oh, the, the, uh, the Rapunzel or, movie. Yeah. 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 Cause she's trying to keep the youth and you're like, Oh, long term, it's probably healthier for your mental state. If you just let aging happen, it's that's life. It is what it is. Nope. I'm getting Botox. um yeah would you ever consider getting plastic surgery for any reason no yeah i don't think i would either unless they come out with something cool you kidding me look at these lips (laughs) (laughs) look at these lips (laughs) i don't need fillers in these i'm trying to think of what what could they introduce that could be compelling to get plastic surgery for for a guy yeah well I can only I would only consider it if you can like add things, not heighten things you already have. Yeah. Like if they're like, we can put a third arm on you. I'd be like <laughs> I don't know if that's plastic surgery. I I yeah, it's not. <laughs> that's like genetic modification. <laughs> that's that's that is genetic modification. Well, that I would consider doing because that could be cool. Jackson, like, a third arm pop out could really like help General you. Grievous and like <laughs> <laughs> Two more arms and come out of your back. Yeah. Well, maybe that's not. Yeah. If you could like put the arms away, because I was just thinking it would suck for like buying clothes. <laughs> what goes through your so head? I was like, it probably wouldn't be worth it to add arms because then you can't buy any clothes or any shirts from anywhere. But if you could like hide them, like put them away, that that could work. Let's then see. it could be pretty cool to have some extra arms. Dude, I would get like a tail. Like a sick tail that I could control. I've thought about that, but what could you, what could, what'd you really do with it though? You'd like whip things. <laughs> like what? I don't know. <laughs> that'd be sick. Or like wings. Are you kidding me? Oh, uh, wings would be, oh, that'd be the first thing I'd get. <laughs> that would be, like, be so cool. Imagine just growing wings out of your back and just flying. Yeah. That would be so sick. <laughs> I've actually thought about that because flying, you could, they're, they could get dangerous. You always have like this. You could do this, but it's not therapy. <laughs> Wings would be sick. Yes, you could get hit by a plane or something like that. But yeah, like how would that actually work? You know, like maybe it'd be hard. It'd probably be hard to fly. It's like to learn. I don't know. It's just everyone always says like, oh, like how cool would it be to have superpowers? And I'm like, well, bro, there's probably a huge learning curve to those powers too. Like you got to think of the work that you got to put into that. And the amount like of anything. Exactly. But you don't think about that. When people talk about what superhero, so what superpowers they would have, they're just thinking like, oh, it'd be cool to fly. Yeah. You know? But like, I've always thought like, oh yeah, I would be Spider-Man, like swing around the city with my webs, <laughs> but that's actually so freaking dangerous. I'd, you would die. <laughs> you start smacking into buildings and like, 
he would need to actually have his strength and like all of the Spider-Man powers. Like you couldn't just be yourself and just have webs start flying out of you and do that. You would die on like your first swing with like your back snapping on the web because you didn't do it right with the pendulum <laughs> science. Should we move on? <laughs> this is a the, the rabbit hole. <laughs> oh. I knew. I took one look at you. I was like, okay, we should stop talking about this now. <laughs> I love it. I just like. I I feel like that's the whole point of having superpowers. Just you can just be like, fuck it. Like I can do that yeah. shit. <laughs> Yeah, but honestly, they all they all come with their learning curves, and they you can't. With great, ca- I just feel like you could. Great responsibility. Prob- <laughs> if someone, yeah, exactly. That's that's was my yearbook quote in high school, actually, <laughs> and it's because it's a great quote. But yeah, you can't just. I think if anyone got crazy superpowers, they'd probably die after a week. Yeah, or they create a lot of enemies. <laughs> yeah, especially the ones like flying. And like anything that involves that, like you'd probably f up. <laughs> you'd probably make a mistake. Probably, what if you got struck by lightning? I need to stop. I need to stop. <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> I'm gonna run the analysis on this. You have a point one zero 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 chance of getting struck by lightning. It's like, yeah, but what if? <laughs> yeah, I would think the running through f- solid objects is an underrated power. That would be a cool power. What is it? Running through solid objects, like running through walls and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I've never even thought of that one. Yeah. Huh. Underrated. That is underrated. You can get into really some, underrated. some interesting places. There. Honestly, what do you think about it? I can only think of bad ideas. For- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, I, I, breaking into places. You're entering just place without <laughs> permission. Yeah, as you're just breaking, entering all over the place. But that'd be great <laughs> for you. <laughs> like getting into football games and concerts. Yeah, that's true. You, that'd be awesome. Just live life. Just walk yeah. and do stuff. <laughs> yeah, so we've covered physical uh, <laughs> goals right. of 2024. Going to mentality, what is the way you want to approach what is a different mindset on the way you want to approach your your mental goals this year or the way you carry yourself mentally yeah i've i feel like i've talked about this on a recent episode but i maybe i did i'm not sure if i've talked about this but definitely one thing that i have noticed especially in the period of the year where i moved down to Atlanta, I was grinding and working hard, but I was very unhappy overall. I wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but I was, it was a lot of frustration because I wasn't where I wanted to be. And it's, it's so easy to be frustrated when you're not where you want to be. And I almost used that frustration to push me because like that was almost, it was almost a good way to cycle myself every day of I'm frustrated with where I am. There's my motivation to get after it and to grind and to work. Mm-hmm. And while that was good, I also think it's important to kind of settle down every once in a while, have some gratitude with where you are versus where you could be. Cause you can always have it. I could always have it worse. I did talk about this on an episode. I'm remembering now. Um, but I think I need to do that more. I definitely, as I go into this year, I want my motivation to stem from maybe a healthier place other than frustration. Because it became, frustration was starting to fuel my ambition of, for my goals. Does, do you follow that? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's a perfectly, in order to get something started, I think that's a perfectly uh, appropriate way to use a certain type of energy to get going on a goal because like you're never just going to have sunshine and butterflies and rainbows. Mm -hmm. You can definitely associate and dissociate with what you're feeling in that point in time. But there is always going to be one dominant feeling and 
you can either use that feeling in a positive or negative way. It's just if that feeling is stemming from a negative mindset, like if it's frustration, don't let mm -hmm. frustration fuel fuel you for the rest of your life. Gotcha. So I guess it's it's okay to be frustrated because if you're not where you're where you want to be, you're gonna be frustrated. That's just life. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a perfect a great example that you hear from a ton of guys. Uh, they get heartbroken, right? Mm -hmm. And after a guy gets heartbroken, they're like, what's the first thing they do? They go to the gym and they want to get jacked so that mm -hmm. <laughs> they can kind of prove to the girl that, hey, you messed up. Like, look at me now. And uh -huh. I, I guarantee you, and I've felt this, once someone experiences heartbreak, it's not like, oh, this is a great feeling. So now I'm going to go work out. No. It's, it hurts, it sucks, but I'm going to use that pain to drive myself forward to accomplish a goal that I have. Now, if we're, if you were to use that pain and anger beyond achieving your goal and it turns into something that you're just doing to prove someone wrong, then I think it's dangerous. And that's where I think you have to associate and dissociate with what you're feeling and be able to come to terms with where am I now? What helped me get there? And where do I want to be? And what am I going to use now to get to that position? Gotcha. I think maybe it's probably would be healthy to goal set of where I want to be. So not just kind of like, oh, I'm not where I want to be. So then you just kind of grind, 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 work, work, work. But instead maybe having some written out goals or steps and like what you were saying at the beginning of the episode with understanding time frame and that things can't be achieved in a day or in a week, depending on how big your goals are, but to kind of have that timeline laid out. So then now it's a little less frustration because if you're doing things that are in service of those goals, then you do feel some forward motion you do feel some forward progress so and then it's okay i'm working hard i'm feeling good for that and while i'm not where i want to be i'm doing the things that are getting me there and that's better than not doing the things that would get me closer to where i want to be yeah it and this is a great line i think from alex hermosi is that you can still be successful or you can still reach your goals but you don't have to feel a good way doing it and you don't have to be a good person doing it like a shitty person can still be successful if they mm -hmm. just do the stuff that is required to be successful. And some people I think would see that as a negative thing, but I think it's again, very liberating is like no matter how you feel or no matter who you are, you can still do the things that produce results. So. Yeah. Interestingly, for me, maybe this could be a little segue into what's our other category? We're on mentality right now. Yeah, emotional. Kind of, yeah. Moving towards emotional, what you said of you don't have to, your your ethics don't necessarily have to be good to achieve your goals. I very much want my ethics to be good yeah. to achieve my goals. In fact, one of my goals is to have good ethics, if yeah. that makes sense. And I, I think I have a that, pretty strong moral compass. Is that a goal or a value, though? I, maybe. That, I was just thinking about that because yeah. it's not that I think I don't have good ethics right now. I want to get better ethics. I definitely think I have more to learn on what could be ethical and unethical. And there's probably plenty of things I don't even realize I'm doing that may not be entirely ethical. So that's kind of worth some investigation throughout the year. But I would say that... I want to definitely hold on to my values while I'm trying to achieve my goals. And I don't want to sacrifice my morals along the lines of chasing after things. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a very good guiding principle. I mean, everyone has their values and how they want to live their lives. But if you skew from it and you can't see consistency in how you conduct your, whether it's business or actions or acting or whatever it is, then 
you're going to instill less faith in, faith in people that you're actually going to hold true to your word or your values along the journey of accomplishing those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about you? I kind of just did two in a row on accident. No, you're good. I, so mentally, I want to be able to experience or I guess be more present in the experiences that I have on a daily basis. So like you were talking about frustration or we all experience happiness. I think all those things are natural emotion or I guess natural feelings that we have as humans. And we have this negative connotation with frustration, but being present in frustration that's just part of being human. Like, it's okay. We don't have to freak out because we're frustrated. It's like, all right, we're frustrated. Let's still do what we have to do. Like, I, I might be frustrated. All right. I'm going to still go work out today. I might be happy when I wake up. Okay. I'm going to still go work out today. So I think it's more of being present and dissociating my, the way I look at stuff mentally with my actions. Gotcha. I follow that. that. That's that does make sense. That's probably something I should focus on too. Is yeah, because sometimes you don't feel like doing things, so you don't do them. But you kind of want to focus on just having things that you do, regardless of whether or not you feel like doing them. Yeah, honestly, kind of locked in. Speaking of superpowers, that is one I with wish. I think I'd rather have than being able to fly or something like that is always feeling like doing the things you got to do. Yeah. Just always being able to do the things I have to do regardless of how I feel or what mental state I'm in. Because if you always, if you have, and I would classify this under high agency, if you have high agency and you're always doing what is required in order to get you to the next step, then there's no way you're going to fail because you are doing what is required. So you could feel crappy, you could feel happy, you could feel stressed, you could feel anxious, but you could still be in your own view of what success is successful because you have done what is required to be successful. And I think that's, I mean, that'd be an unbeatable superpower because your ability to do without, your ability to do something without taking your emotions into consideration, it will make you kind of unstoppable, honestly. Yeah, I also feel like you're sacrificing a lot as well. Because does that mean your emotions are void in a way? Cause- no, because that's that's what I mean with being intentional around recognizing the experience of the emotion. So like right now, I might be anxious, but, and I feel that anxiety, but Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have to recognize it or I don't necessarily have to use it in an outward facing way on how it reflects my actions. Like if someone's anxious, they're moving really fast and, Mm -hmm. and like they're kind of scatterbrained and they're like, I'm flustered. Like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, ah. I can still feel that, but I don't have to have those same like actions. Like if I if I recognize I'm anxious, but keep composure, then I think that's it. You, you change that from being from anxiety to composure just based on how you're acting. So you're still recognizing that feeling, but you don't necessarily have to portray it. Is your goal almost then kind of more of an understanding of your emotions? Because like to be able to identify when you're having anxiety and being able to say, oh, okay, I I understand me and I understand my emotions. I am anxious right now. I have lost my composure. Because I have identified this, I can work on, you know, doing techniques to get my composure back and uh, do exercises that help me contain my anxiety or limit my anxiety. Is that kind of what you're saying? 
No, I, I don't think it's like even doing exercises. I think it's just recognizing what you're feeling and dissociating your feeling from your action. That doesn't mean discounting the actual feeling of anxiety or happiness. It's just like mentally I can recognize that I am anxious or that I am happy, but my actions don't necessarily have to reflect that. My actions are still the things that I know I have to do regardless of how I feel. I don't know if I could actually separate that. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not something that I'm like, Oh, I'm anxious, but I'm still going to do it. Like I'll definitely have a delay between like, I'm anxious. Like, all right, I need to calm myself down and I'm still going to do it. Like I'm happy or like, I want to go play outside. Like, okay, great. I recognize that, but I still have to go do what I have to do. I, okay. So it's kind of more being disciplined enough to where you're not going to let the way you feel interfere with the things that need to be done and that you want to always be doing. Yeah. The things that either need to be done or you want to do, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I mean, there's a lot of times where people are like, Hey, I want to go on a, uh, I don't know. I want to go on a vacation this weekend, but like, uh, I don't know, like how will that impact the other people around me or like, am I really feeling that energetic or I guess that's not really a great example, but, um, like I, I don't know. I want to go for a run today, but I might not be feeling the most energetic in the morning or, um, the happiest about running. It's like, okay, like, yeah, I might not be excited about it, but I know it's something I still wanted to do and I made that commitment to myself. So I'm going to go do it. Right. Yeah. And I think that also ties back to like being able to dissociate my feelings and my actions is I can still, I still want my actions to be in a positive sense. So like, even if I'm feeling happy, I can still have positive actions. Even if I'm feeling sad, I can still have positive actions. And it takes a lot of energy to do that. And I'm in no way am I saying that like I have that. It's something I'm constantly working on. But I just want to be able to approach other people, especially in like, if you see Patrick, he's always got a, a positive outlook because I've even despite how I feel, I can still convey that and still look at this scenario I'm in with a positive light. Gotcha. Let's take it. I kind of want to bring back up that breakup example that you had with this. So just to make sure I follow you, are you saying that that heartbreak comes and you're of course super upset and maybe you kind of want to shut down, just not do anything you're saying that even though you're in your emotions are in disarray, you're completely in disarray and you probably don't even know how you're feeling. You just know you feel like shit. Yeah. You're still going to go on that run. Yeah. Yep. You, you definitely, and in that instance, post heartbreak, you will feel worse going on that run as opposed to if you're say in a relationship or you're at a, the healthy mindset with yourself. It's like, oh, I'm doing this for me. Like, this is great. Yes. There will be days that you don't feel as excited about going on a run or doing something as you, as other days, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you don't do it because if it, say you got heartbroken, if you waited until you felt happy to go on a run, how long do you think that would take? Yeah, right? that take a, like, that take a second. Yeah, I'm not going to wait for myself to feel good in order to go do something. Same thing, and I think this is a, I might have a little bit different belief, but I don't want to wait for the perfect scenario to go start doing something. Like if I have, okay. if I have an idea, like let's go to, like this podcast. I mean, yes, we got lucky with you having the studio at Elon, but after that, like we, <laughs> we didn't have, we're using Zoom. We didn't have microphones. Yeah. We 
we're kind of just like bootstrapping everything. So yeah, if we waited until we had all this, we might not. There's, I guarantee you, we wouldn't be on episode twenty one right now. Yeah. So that's totally true. Yeah. It's like if you want to go do something, go start doing it through imperfect action. Like whenever you start something, it's not going to be perfect, no matter how you feel or whatever scenario you're in. You're you are in. You just have to start doing. So I think that's a going back to your little uh, superpower tangent, like having high agency and the ability to do despite how you feel would be such a uh, an underrated superpower. Yeah. Well, probably because that's going, I'm going to dive into this for a second, but that's usually the mental struggle of superheroes that humanizes them a little bit. Yeah. Especially with Spider-Man, like you said earlier, with the great power comes great responsibility. His character is very much, it kind of gets into the, he's a kid and he wants to hang out with his friends. He wants to go to the school dance he doesn't always want to be sleep deprived going out into the city and helping people. He has a life, but he knows it must be done mm -hmm. because, and it's a burden that he bears because like no one else can do what I can do. If there's, so if there's people in a burning building, the firefighters would not be able to get to them the way that I can. So I gotta be out there yep. to help them. Mm -hmm. And it's a battle. And sometimes he doesn't feel like it. Sometimes in the, comics even some of the movies like he's quit he's stopped he's like this is too much for me to bear and that's kind of what makes him such an interesting character is because of that exact struggle of doing the things staying disciplined enough to be doing those actions even when he doesn't always want to be doing it yeah and that's i know we've talked about this before and we talked about it in the last episode is like no matter what stage of life you're in whether you're dirt poor, you're middle class, or you're ultra high net worth, I still believe that happiness is peace. Like when when you are aware and appreciative of your surroundings, you can be happy. It's you you have to, and then tying it back to like okay, if say you want more, yes, you can want more, but with more becomes more responsibility and in life you have to choose your regrets that you have with going after those goals mm -hmm. so it happens in comic books and in real life like <laughs> so yeah that's the struggle yeah of the human journey human that we experience all are on yeah that probably would have been a better phrase than <laughs> human journey <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. Uh, um, all right. Well, should we kind of call it there? Yeah. No. I, I like that. I guess I'll touch on my emotional too. It's just. Oh, sorry. My bad. Being, no, you're good. Is being able to connect more with people just no matter where they're at in life. It's like respecting where they're at and then trying to connect with them. Gotcha. So is that kind of like even if they're not where you're at to still be able to connect with them well, i think you do that through vulnerability and it definitely is more difficult with people that are farther along than you mm -hmm. but everyone has something that is relatable you just have to be able to actually care about what they're saying and i think i've definitely the more people you meet it's harder to do that with every person because you can't just go up and meet a new person and be like fully engaged and what they say. I mean, you, you'd run out of time every day. But I think when I have the moments to sit down and talk to one or two people at a time, is like genuinely being interested in what they're saying and what experience they've gone through. Because I think you can learn something from everyone and you can connect through being vulnerable with everyone. So I think being able to, to recognize that and be able to apply it is something I want to work on emotionally. I really like that. That might be added to my goals too, because connecting with people is very important to me. And sometimes I do feel like I can only connect with specific people, but that's more than likely not true. I mean, it's just not true. Yeah. <laughs> it's You definitely can if you put yourself out there. But yeah, like you said, it's vulnerability, which is not always easy. Yeah. I've found that I've learned so much more 
from people I wouldn't have normally connected with. Like I call in high school, you kind of find your group, you know, and, Mm -hmm. or even in college. And then you end up, everyone kind of has the same story. I think breaking out of that bubble and learning about other little bubbles stories is so cool because there's so many other things and that people do that you might not even know, know you don't know. So like discovery. Yeah. I know we kind of talked about it in the beginning, but that discovering that change is pretty exciting. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a perfect segue into what we kind of want to start doing in the coming weeks. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we're going to start having some guests on. Um, got two lined up for 2024 already, and um, we want to continue doing this. And we have discussed like going out and reaching out to uh I guess you call it trendy people that are like kind of bigger in the podcast space. But when we started this, especially coming from our backgrounds and our experiences, we wanted to give it as a platform for kind of everyday people to speak on their experiences in life. And you don't have to be the biggest name. You don't have to be popular. You don't even have to have everything figured out in your life. It's just give a platform to connect with people on specifically these three topics and then what they're doing in their lives. I think that's, if you're interested in coming on, reach out to us and let us know whether you're our age, in your twenties, teenager, in your fifties, sixties, doesn't matter. There's something that everyone can learn from you and we'd love to learn it too. Yeah. I couldn't have said that better. Absolutely, if you're interested at all at coming on, do reach out because yeah, we we just love the opportunity to connect with people that we wouldn't be able to connect with otherwise if we didn't have this podcast. So I think I'm really excited about this. Our first two guests, we definitely know we knew a little bit beforehand, but they were never close friends of mine. I don't know about you either. And that's what I already love about prepping for these interviews is that it's people that we probably wouldn't be able to have a deep, interesting conversation with if we didn't do the podcast. And I don't, so I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be super cool. Yeah. Excited for it. Excited for more episodes in the rest of 2024 and hope everyone is uh, looking forward to another good year. Absolutely. And as always, if you have been listening to the podcast and you like the podcast or want to keep listening to the podcast, please um, leave a little five-star review on wherever you're listening from. Uh, leave a like on the episode. All of that stuff really helps. Following the podcast really helps. We've gotten a ton from you guys so far. I actually think looking at the numbers, a ton of our listeners follow the podcast. So thank you guys for listening to me at the end and wanting to do that. That (laughs) is very kind of you all. And if you haven't, yeah, totally feel free to do it. It helps us a ton and we love you guys. So thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next episode.